All right, hey. we're getting started. Right away, Nate Freeman in New York. Mm-hmm. But I am eagerly awaiting your arrival here in Dallas. I arrive in Dallas tomorrow, but uh, the, the festivities have already gotten started, right, Ben? What's happening well, today? Well, I mean, yes, I suppose. I'm ensconced here over at the mansion on Turtle Creek, one of my favorite hotels in the world, a fine mm-hmm. Rosewood property. Yeah, there was a big uh, unveiling of some uh, at the Rachovsky house for Two by Two weekend. Of some mm-hmm. crazy Cadillac $350,000 car. I think probably the most expensive American car ever put in the market. It's all electric. Wow. It was first debuted like on Wednesday in uh, in LA. And then they flew it on a cargo ship to uh, or a cargo plane to Dallas where they unveiled last night. I skipped it out. I, I It's been a lot of travel. We, we last linked and build less than a week ago, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, in London at dinner. And uh, it's been a lot of travel. So... I got the room service spread to end all room service spreads and watch. It looks spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I Honestly, felt guilty posting it, but some fucking expensive test that the Wachowski house has nothing on that spread. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. And you, you along with other people in my life, encouraged me just to chill. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to get an all yolk omelet sent up by room service. They weren't. Let's go. It, you Yo, know, not that we need to come after James Corden on our podcast, but like, don't we all agree that that guy sucks? Like that carpool shit is like so stupid. Like, I've honestly I, never watched more than a minute or two of his entertainment on the telly, and I'm happy for that. I'm just, and I just, I love the fact that Keith McNally basically is because it was a big. I guess James is in some prestige show on uh, Jeff Bezos's Amazon TV, and <laughs> uh, the whole what would should have been a profile of James's move towards something more serious, and this mm-hmm. like rollout of this Amazon uh, show in this interview was like half the interview was all about the omelet incident and uh, it was amazing it was just absolutely incredible uh but i mean let's just hope that he stays banned from keith's restaurants i saw that there was some kind of an apology but he should never step foot in balthazar again that chunky monkey don't need to be anywhere why is he even in new york (laughs) good question we didn't we didn't invite him here yeah no stay the fuck in la man stay in your car doing your karaoke (laughs) whatever um but i'm excited you made a last you you weren't going to come to dallas you made a last minute decision to come down here for the greatest uh american art event annual art event as far as i'm concerned it's uh rare that i'm not in paris or somewhere when this is going down so i thought that i would do a quick 20-hour trip to big d just to to, you know report on all the action and last night, so one thing I was sad to miss, I had to get here for an early meeting this morning. So I was in New York for two days, came here, uh, but I had to unfortunately miss what I think was probably an incredible evening last night, celebrating a great icon of American painting. In fact, the honoree of last year's two by two, Alex Katz, at uh, the opening of his Guggenheim retrospective. Were you there? Well, no, last night was the dinner in the rotunda for the lenders to the show. Uh, tonight is the uh, buyout extravaganza at Orsay. Oh. Uh, last oh, I night see. I had the pleasure of being uptown for a different occasion. I was at the home of America's favorite museum director, Max Holland. Oh, look at you. Do you guys get do you guys get a babysitter for, for ladies? So you guys have an adults night uptown? We did and it was quite the adults night. I don't want to divulge too much about uh, you know, uh, a wonderful man's private home, but it was very, very nice of him to come. It was in honor of Frida Escobedo, the uh, architect who's designing the new Tang Wing, uh, which will house its contemporary art. 
Very, very cool. Yeah, I was sad. I'm sad not to be in New York to to celebrate uh, Mr. Katz though, because I feel like it it is his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the show looks great from all the images I saw on social media and some really touching tributes that Gavin Brown posted on his social media this morning. Big friend of the pod, I should mm-hmm. say. I am very excited for the show tonight. I I can't say I've been this excited for a show at the Guggenheim for for years, probably. Um, We're really yeah yeah. And uh, and then the dinner is going to be really one for the ages. I'm bummed that you are missing out. Yeah, we've really been back to back. You know, I made a quick pit stop in Venice to hang out with some patrons of the pod and look at some art. I was able to link and 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 hang out with uh, Michaela Barbary, who has his great gallery, uh, uh, Michaela, Amazing. in Venice. Such a beautiful space. And he took me, Catherine Andrews, John Morace, a great LA collector, and John's partner, whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, to an incredible new hotel, the Experimental in Venice, and we I had Whoa. like an incredible dinner. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great to see some friends. Venice is not known for its incredible dinners, as we've discussed in the pod. No, it's real hit or miss, and I had had yeah. like a couple misses or kind of halfway there's, and uh, I had like this razor clam with kale, um, like a kale uh, pesto that was just bananas good. One that of the is, best dishes I've eaten all year. Wow, incredible. I mean, and that the is, hotel itself, I got to say, in anticipation for the next Venice, it, it's beautiful. It's very, um, it's very pop in its, in its design elements, um, a little bit Memphis design even. And it was a nice visual kind of reset or, uh, you know, kind of uh, intermuso uh, while you're in kind of the, the weight of all the Venice architecture. So that was super nice. Amazing. And uh, not that we've covered Venice pretty extensively back in, in April, but did you have any sort of you know, hot takes, anything that you thought was meh, anything you thought was underrated, anything great. No, no, I mean, it was, I mean, this has been well covered by us and others. You know, I couldn't go there, unfortunately, um, uh, for the opening, but I just have to say, it's fucking the best Biennale that I've ever seen. I think she knocked it it out of the park. I mean, everything, down to the design details, like she actually installed it so well and made the Arsenale better than it's ever looked before. Uh, The the installation design. Fucking top notch, no doubt about that. Really, yeah. Ma- so, like, you know, I, no, everyone else has said the same thing. So, I'm not mm-hmm. adding to the dialogue in any way. Um, but I was able to, uh, so was was stopped by back in New York to, you know, so my kids will remember me. So there was no cats in the cradle playing in the background. Uh, hung out for a couple days. Uh, didn't see any shows or, or really do much of anything at all. Uh, but then jumped on an early, a relatively early flight yesterday. Uh, stuck in coach for the first time in a while. Don't recommend that at all. Mm-hmm. Ter- it's terrible back there. It's really, it's fucking horrible. I don't know how you people do this. <laughs> um, uh, but didn't want to pay the extra money. Upgrade didn't come through. But then literally went right from the fucking DFW airport right to the amazing Rachowski house to wow. sit down with Howard, uh, you know, get big kisses from Cindy, who's excited that you're coming, Nate. Very and then sat down her. with the maestro himself. And I really want to talk to him at some point and do a longer form interview about the history of his collecting and Dallas. Mm-hmm. But it was really about the history of two by two, this incredible Great. auction that he and Cindy and so many others here put together every year. And they've raised like over $102 million in the years that it's been taking place in the 20 something years, which is just incredible. And we went through a couple of the lots. We we went through how to Great. bid. So um, I'm really hoping people will go online, check it out. There's still some deals uh, mm-hmm. uh, floating around in there. So um it was, it was just great, you know. He's an absolute pro, and his take on things is always worth paying attention to. 
Amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear that for sure. I've, I've had the pleasure of sitting down with Howard before, and he is just one of the brightest guys in the business. Uh, an amazing collector, of course. And yes, the consummate host of this big party we're both going to tomorrow. Yeah, and in, and in honor of the free tickets that they've bestowed upon us, uh, there's not going to be a commercial on this episode. So as soon as you and I wrap up, it's going to go right into none of that terrible commercial I read. It's going to go right into the interview with Howard. Um, real quick, can we expect a column on thevanityfair.com this week, or is this an off week? It's an off week. I got too okay. much shit to do. Uh, but um, there is a lot going on. Uh, what are you seeing today in Dallas? Because I got a schedule that. that oh, there's so know, many things. Obviously. So I, I mean, I got to go do some tours of a collection I managed down here for some people, uh, and then I am going to see. Uh, there's a little show of Rashid Works that's up at mm-hmm. the Dallas Museum of Art. Rashid Johnson, who's the honoree of this year's 2x2. Two two. I'm going to go to that. There's a Michael Williams show at the Power Station that I think is very important Shout to see. Shout out Alden. Alden, uh, Alden. Alden and Janelle, one of the great people in the world, even though he went to Duke. Um, Fuck you. And uh, then we'll, uh, there's a... Uh, that's probably I, and I'll, I'll swing by the Nashville. I'm not sure what's up, but I know they're having a little event. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's another family foundation that I may or may not go to, but probably not. And then what I'm super stoked for, and I have a copy of the catalog that was sent to my attention for you, Nate, mm-hmm. is this incredible r- looking Richard Prince I know. exhibition. I, I'm at the very Carpides. excited for that. You know yeah, how much I love Richard Prince for yeah. various reasons right now, um, uh, and he is just truly one of the great American artists. And I'm really psyched to see that show. The catalog that has one of my favorite princes on the cover. You know, yeah, well, I, I, that, that copy actually that I photographed is your copy. Oh, uh, it's on limited edition of 500 too. So you want to keep those, keep the kids' fingerprints off that one. Eh? Um, <laughs> Noted. You'll see that. At, you'll see Nate's copy at Mass Books. You know, any any day now. Fuck <laughs> you! I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I used to do that when I was at the new museum. Yeah. Every catalog I got, I ran right down there. That's how I paid I, for my fun. I want to say on the record, I, I don't sell my my books at Mass anymore. I did it. When okay, I was I'm really sorry. That broke, was more like about me than ago. you. That was that was actually more about me than you. I just you know, um, so I appreciate. I, I apologize for that. I, I'm in the wrong. So I think that's 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 everything I'm looking forward to here in Dallas. I'm looking forward to hanging out with with David Kordansky and Rashid uh-huh. and Christopher and uh, I, the entire. I did see see um, Chris Canizares last night at a little party for Charles Gaines that we went to after the, this wonderful cocktail event um, at John Nydick's downtown Bevelman's. The nines, the martinis were flowing, the the ivories were being tickled. What a time! Wow, wow. Are you going to join us uh, tomorrow morning at uh, at 8.30 for the Barry's that we're all going to together? I, I don't even get into Dallas until uh, 12.30, but I am Okay, I guess not to... this time, next time, next time. <laughs> I'm hoping to make it to a little lunch and museum tour at, at one of my favorite Dallas collections tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. I can't wait to see you, and uh, that's all from us. I'm going to go right into this great interview with Howard, and uh, go online, two by two, Google it up, and bid early and bid auction. Thanks, Nate. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you in a bit. Welcome back to Nota Bene. I am thrilled to be right off the airplane here in Dallas, directly to the home of one of my favorite people in the art world, Howard Rachowski, a fantastic collector, philanthropist, dinner companion. And uh, I'm here for the annual 2x2 auction, which benefits uh, duly uh, AMFAR, the AIDS charity, which is doing cutting-edge research uh, uh, in that space, and the Dallas Museum of Art's Contemporary Art Acquisitions Fund. Hey, Howard. How's it going? Hey, Ben. Thank you for having me. And so exciting to be here with you. Um, the lull before the storm. Yeah, I mean, I'm in this, you know, the fantastic, you know, Richard Meyer designed Rachowski House. It's full of art, but empty of people. Every time I've really been here, it's been full of both. And it feels literally like the calm before the storm. 
it truly is. We have our first event tonight, uh, an unveiling of a new automobile that Cadillac is producing, uh, an electric car, car called the Celestic, and it's uh, first of its kind, uh, I think previewed in California yesterday and today in Dallas. Incredible, incredible. And just next door in the kitchen, uh, we have uh, all the folks getting the seating plans ready, like figuring out the power dynamics and, and who's going to go where. Who's allergic to what? Who's allergic to what? I, mean, I can only imagine. the. I mean, uh, you know, your fantastic wife, Cindy Wachowski, who co-hosts this event with you, um, you know, who's a true general, a field marshal, really, uh, you know, getting everything all set. It's one of the most perfect events that happens every year in my experience. Um, how many years has it been going on now? This is iteration number 23. Number 23. And over the years, we have been fortunate enough through the generosity of wonderful artists, dealers, and the local community and the global art community to have raised in excess of $100 million. It's absolutely incredible. And that it goes equally towards Amphar and the museum. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. And, and talk to me about how, you know, that many years ago, how did you guys have the genesis of the idea to support not just the art world and the museum, which you're already very involved with, but also this important charity? Kind of how did this come together? This was actually, I did not conceive of this, nor did Cindy. It was actually conceived of by a dear friend of ours, Dee Dee Rose, a major collector and at the time chairman of the board of, of the Dallas Museum of Art. Uh, and like most museums, we struggle with raising funds to you know, implement programming. Uh, and we were introduced to a lady that named Anne LaVey, who in fact... Uh, uh, an event planner and someone who was familiar and had worked with Amfar for years in terms of doing benefits. And the thought of doing a benefit for an AIDS charity in Texas was a bit anathema at the time in the early, two, literally 2000. But they conceived of this idea, she and Ann did, uh, of taking all the art out of my house or our house, which was relatively new at the time, uh, and putting up art, auction it off, have a celebrity, and raise money uh, for Amphar. We agreed to do it if it could also benefit a local organization, which in fact was the Dallas Museum of Art. And so, hence the name Two by Two for AIDS and Art. And we expected that we would raise a few dollars. It was put together, the event was put together in six or seven weeks, a very big rush-rush event. And uh, lo and behold, raised a few hundred thousand dollars. Well, the museum had never raised even anything near that in its local auction efforts at the at the typical ball that a museum would hold. So this seemed like found money and an idea whose time had come. Um, so again, the, the, the critical point was really the next year when we were asked to do it again. And of course, being gluttons for punishment, we, we said yes. And that was... Uh, that was the beginning. That was 2000, uh, and uh, we've been going strong ever since. Ever since. I mean, and people need to realize that, you know, you literally move everything virtually out of your home. I mean, from the bathrooms on down, every single spot, all the furniture, all of your art that you, you would have here in a hang, everything goes out so that you can host this event. This is correct, and, and it uh, there's a level of insanity associated with this, but I guess that's 
who we are and the fact that it's achieved such great success. And again, this is because of the generosity of all the people involved, both in terms of patrons in the community, but also the art dealers and artists uh, who literally pile onto a plane and come down and and offer their wares, so to speak, in a non-art fair environment. Uh, And Hopefully, it, it will be. Uh, it has been a great success for them in the past, and will continue to be. One of the mandates that we have is that the museum's resources are are in reinvested, if you will, with artists and dealers who support the event. So there's sort of a virtuous circle created. So we keep, we have a very low expense ratio compared to these kinds of events. We Cindy keeps a very tight rein on on that, and because we do it in in our house and because we own the tent out front and by the way there will be 525 people in that tent come saturday night um, we've been able to keep the expense ratio really low 12 13 percent which is unheard of in these kinds of philanthropic endeavors but by allowing us to underwrite this in, in in that fashion the money actually the net goes to the institutions and they can really use their resources, these resources, in a, in a wise and, and thoughtful way. I mean, no one has ever accused, I think, either of you of half measures uh, when it comes to this or anything else. I didn't realize that you own the tent outside. To give people, to paint a slight word picture, those of you who have never been down for this event, uh, we're in this incredible uh, modernist, postmodernist house out on the lawn, out front as you come in, there's a massive geodesic dome of a tent. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's spectacular, and it will be in, in less than 48 hours or so, full of all those people, or however many hours it is. Um, 500 and how many did you say? Around 525 this About year. It's going to be the largest event ever and with a, a with a very unhappy waiting list of, of dozens and dozens of people. Yeah, yeah. It sells out every year. So that will be packed with people for a fantastic deal of music performances. The house itself has been filled with all manner of art. I mean, fantastic works, you know, uh, paintings, obviously, photographs, sculpture, everything covering almost every wall, even uh, highlights for amazing luxury experiences. Um, all of this has been donated by artists and dealers uh, uh, that, that you've worked with, or that you've asked to, 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 and your network of people have asked to donate this work um, that will be sold. All the proceeds will go, and it'll be packed with people trying to get access to these works. I mean, it's kind of, a, the energy is sort of fantastic. I'm just sitting here reflecting on all the times I've kind of walked up and down the staircase right here. I've been told to be careful and to watch my step as I see people just milling about um, it's really incredible the generosity of the people that give the work, the artists and the dealers, um, but also the people that come and support it. And it really does take a village because this entire Dallas arts community that seems to kind of be uh, very active in, in coming out for that night and supporting it as well as the international artists and dealers. Absolutely true. We're very fortunate to have that audience. And we're very fortunate to get artworks donated that that are, that are not, you know, Le- leftover, leftovers, no. leftovers, if you will, that have been in the back, uh, in the back room somewhere that that didn't sell or that 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 are sort of bailed in. And in fact, the the artists and the dealers, and the dealers particularly, understand that by donating one really good work of art for an artist that you would like to showcase, and you have a gallery in London or Berlin or New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco or Chicago or Miami or wherever. Uh, Instead of an art fair, you bring one really great work, you come to the event, sometimes you bring your artist to the event, introducing a whole new client, potential client base to the work, we will get 
three or four thousand pairs of eyeballs on it in the three or four weeks that the works are up and showcased. And so it's a great way to connect to a community and it's a great way to, you know, to build out, uh, build out your opportunity for expanding your client base. Yeah. I mean, that's how I in the past um, have spoken on behalf of the event to dealers. I'm like, by giving this one thing, you'll get so many new eyeballs from one of the most rapidly collecting American cities around and one of the most welcoming cities. When visitors come down here, be it people like me who are kind of in between, you know, dealer, uh, curator, uh, as well as especially artists and, and gallerists, I mean, everyone throws open their doors. That Everyone is so welcoming. They want you to hear their story about collecting. They want to hear about you, what you're into. I mean, it's really different than most other environments that I've come into for things like this event. It's, it's a special city, I feel like, in that regard. Yep. Thank you for saying that. No, I mean, it's, it's no BS, like, like really true. I mean, this is, you know, I've been coming for, I think, 10 or, or more years, and I've met some like longstanding friendships and clients just out of, you know, just coming here and supporting it and talking to people because people are down to have real conversations, both at the event, and you guys do an incredible weekend of kind of lead up uh, events and, and uh, tours and talks and lunches and the whole thing. Well, we've also been very fortunate because we've had a, a, an anticipation of this year. We've had an amazing lead in, and part of the auction process process we have um, come up with this idea of own it now which is saying essentially is the same thing as buy it now but we couldn't use that that language but own it now is sort of our our expression and we ask people like Ben and Spencer Young and and uh, Adam Green uh, and Catherine Broadbeck curator at the museum Vivian Lee curator at the museum to identify some works that maybe tend to be a little bit overlooked in a room with 130 works of art for sale or that have a particular meaning to them. And we offer these works in an Oni now. So if you will pay full retail uh, as of a specific day before the auction, which was about 10 days ago, then you uh, will own the work. You don't have to fight the crowds the evening of the event. You can have a cocktail or two, enjoy it dance your heart out in the back in the after party uh, but uh, lots of folks come through early and this year it's fascinating that uh, typically we will have about a 35 percent or a third of the work that we have in the, in the auction totally uh, we have is own it now and typically we will we will sell in advance 15 or 16 works out of let's say the 30 or so that we have this year we have we had 46 or 47 own it now works and i think we're already past selling 30 of them so it's been huge success so far and uh people have been generous and and bidding has been robust and I mean, for me, it's so interesting. I respect and know all the other people that selected things, how different our lists are. And I learned about a bunch of really interesting artists um, just by looking at that. I think the auction catalog in Toto, looking through, there's a bunch of new names to me that I learn about every single year that go on to have really significant careers uh, in this world of art. That's the great treat for me because it does allow me to do exactly that. I, I find this is a, a tremendous, tremendous microcosm of what's happening in the in the art world at any given you know point in time between last year and this year. 
Uh, it's fascinating, for example, that figuration, which presumably we thought was on the decline, it's selling like crazy here, much more so than what, what I would call uh, abstraction or, or works that are more conceptual in nature. So it's fascinating to see the early indications that people still want to look at and or see other people. Um, one of the fascinating things for me of the event is so the, the, the evening uh, for the main event uh, on Saturday will start with a cocktail party, people walking through, putting in their early bids uh, for that night if they haven't by writing their, their paddle number uh, next to the work. It'll go on to a, a great dinner where the honoree this year, uh, my friend Rashid Johnson, will be honored. A work that he has donated will go into a live auction as well as four or five other works, as well as sometimes some kind of great travel experiences or something like that. Um, we'll go on the block. I think Michael McCauley from Sotheby's is the auctioneer this year is that right that is correct michael's gonna auction the auctioneer this year he's got the accent for it that is for sure and that's the trick there'll be a special musical performance by someone yet to be announced that's always like an absolute gas um even if i'm not cool enough to have heard of them in most <laughs> cases um and then every the, i mean for me the one of the real fun things so after this great dinner everyone's a little bit lubricated by the joy of the night as well as probably some very high-end champagnes and wines we'll shuffle back in here because the 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 each individual lot in the in the in the silent auction is not closed until you walk around you stand in front of it you make sure no one else there wants to add a bid and you get to kind of play auctioneer for the last 30 40 minutes of the evening and it's incredible to see the see people just kind of follow you around and you know try and snipe in and get those get those last bids in so they can be the last number it's a bit intoxicating it's yeah. sort of it's sort of a great fun and after you've been on your feet for about four and a half five hours and it's running late into the evening um, the, the levity picks up, and it's fun watching really affluent people fighting over something, grabbing a pencil out of the other one's hands so that they can raise the bid a little bit more, even though we're standing there and we could do it verbally. There's something about grabbing an old-school pencil and writing your number in and elbowing others out of the way so that you prevail. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an interesting sociological uh, vision, if you will. Yeah, I, I always get a big treat out of it. So, um, speaking about some of these lots, what are, what are some of the works that, you're, that you've been turned on to, that you're excited for, that you think people should know about? Because bidding is still open, and while it's a lot of fun to be here and to walk around with you and do the pencil, there, there are multiple ways which I'll drop uh, uh, instructions to in the notes for the show, and how people who can't be here in Dallas this weekend can take part get some great art and also support a couple of great causes yeah we're fortunate that we do get bids and and, and offers if you uh, of, of purchase from all over the world really now the everything is global as we all know that we're all now trained to look on our phones and if we see something we like and it's in singapore then we chase it down and start a conversation and even though we're on different time zones, it all seems to work out. Meg, who's our auction manager, um, you know, wakes up every morning to uh, emails or texts from Korea, Japan, China, uh, all over the world, literally. And it just sort of depends on where the clock is and where, where they are at, at, um, at any given point in time. We have put the, the live auction uh, together. It'll be a, a very finite m number of works. It includes works by uh, Tunji Adonihi-Jones. It includes work by Ulala Imai, Rafa Macaroon, uh, Spencer Lewis, and, of course, Rashid. 
uh, and uh, we tend to keep it short and sweet and to the point, and uh, these are our wonderful live auction lots, and then we have many, many silent auction works to go identify which are my favorites or are fascinating. There's a wonderful conceptual work personally that I like, but again, I have my tastes are not everybody's, but Rodney McMillian is yeah. wonderful artist, 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 and a superb example of his work is his own on, on offer. There's a wonderful little work upstairs by an artist whom I have collected for some time in several media uh, Shirazi Hushieri. Listen, yeah. give us a beautiful little work. And if I could see this next to a little early Agnes Martin would be one of the great pairings ooh, that, ooh. that you can imagine if you're into non-objectivity. Uh, we have a wonderful painting by Dan Cole and his giant bubblegum painting that's huge such if a you, great colon you such gotta a have colon. a big wall but if you do this is the painting for you and a great opportunity um there is a uh, you know a marvelous little painting by a, a, a new relatively new work by nate loman very well-known artist incredibly iconic work i would suggest that anyone that's that, that even just for curiosity's sake and for education and just to learn a little bit about art the beauty is we have work it's at all price points from a few thousand dollars to a million dollars and so i think it, to take where you are even in your collecting sensibility it's very worthwhile to go online and look at the catalog and kind of get a flavor for the various works that that are on offer i think you'll find it's almost impossible not to find something you like yeah i mean i've, I've had success the last several years in getting small things and my budget is not what some you know not what a big collector's budget is and i've, I've, I've added some really great things and i'm not going to blow up the names of the ones i'm looking at for this year because <laughs> because i want to still be able to afford them but i mean it's really fantastic because all the work is in a way it's not vetted but because you're working with a very small network of very reputable gallerists and dealers and art advisors and other collectors kind of everything that's in here is like really interesting on some level and, and, and a valuable thing worth owning. Um, and I think that sets it apart from a lot of other kind of charity functions. Well, we're very proud of it. We're very appreciative of everyone's support and appreciative of you sitting down with me and, uh, and talking about our program and uh, two by two for AIDS and art. Thank you so much. I do want to get a promise from you that someday we can do a longer form because I have so many more questions about your history in this world of art. But thank you so much, Howard. Never go to 2x2.org and uh, check out all the great lots. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.